0: Good day, everyone. I'm pleased to have today with us Dr. Usha Chakravarty, who is Professor of Ophthalmology and Vision Science at Queen's University in Belfast in the UK. And we're here today to talk about her presentation at the Angiogenesis 21 meeting. Usha, welcome to Retina Synthesis.
1: Thank you very much, Carmen. Great pleasure to be uh, here and talking to you for Retina Synthesis. Um, EDNA study stands for the early detection of neovascular AMD. It was conducted across 23 sites in the UK. The idea was to enrol participants who had wet AMD in one eye and the fellow eye was the EDNA study eye. And because these people were coming in to have their anti-VEGF injections um, to their non-study eye, the first presenting eye, um, we knew that they would be in regularly, and therefore we performed a number of tests on them to see which one would detect the earliest onset of wet AMD in their study eye, the unaffected eye. So we undertook a number of tests these were self reported function, but the per- patients were asked before their stu- each visit before they came for routine clinical visits. How's the sight in your eye compared to your prior visit? Um, they were also given an AMSLA chart, which they used on the day before they came for their study visit, for the not the study but the routine clinical visit. And at the clinics, they had the visual acuities measured. Now, all, all our clinical sites use ETDRS charts, so it was quite easy to just get a visual acuity letter number for each eye at each visit. In addition, they had Uh, a fundus examination and a color photograph of the fundus, and they had an OCT performed. Now, each of these tests, we pre-specified what would constitute a trigger, which meant that if there was a distortion reported by the patient themselves or found on AMSLA, or if the visual acuity dropped by 10 letters from baseline, Um, they had a fluorescein angiogram performed, or if the OCT was thought to have any kind of fluid presence. So any of these was considered a trigger. And we had 145 people who were diagnosed as having wet AMD during their follow-up, and that constituted around 26% during that period. Um, And 120 of these had a diagnostic fluorescein angiogram performed and which was read at a reading center. So our main purpose for doing the EDNA study was to look at the diagnostic accuracy. But it also gave us the opportunity of looking at the EDNA study eye, the characteristics of the lesion at detection, which we called early detection, versus the fellow eye, the first presenting eye, where they had come in with their, you know, whichever way they had been referred, you know, found to have a, a wet AMD lesion and we compared it and that was the data that I presented at angiogenesis.
0: So what were the characteristics of the earliest lesions that you detected?
1: It was very interesting. First of all, the visual acuity at earliest detection was around 74 letters. That is, you know, pretty much in the normal visual acuity range for that particular age group. Whereas in, in compared to the fellow eye, um, the established lesion group, the average visual acuity was 54 letters. So good four lines were soft. The size of the lesion at early detection was around 3.2 square millimeters compared to seven and a half square millimeters in the established lesion group. Now remember that we're comparing within the 120 persons on whom we had a uh, very detailed data. So we are sort of very, they were very much matched the study eye and the fellow eye. Um, the cNV type was also interesting because Type, we classified them as type 1s, type 2s, and type 3s, sort of following the latest Conan nomenclature. And in type 1 lesions, these are the sub-RPE lesions. The vast majority of them were sub in the established lesion group, as well as in the early lesion group. But the size was dramatically different. So there was, again, the uh, early lesion group the lesion size was just under half, um, whereas in the, and in the established lesion group, it was obviously double. Um, type two lesions, on the other hand, these are the classic membranes in old parlance, were about 2.6 millimeters in diameter at the, when they were in the established lesion group compared to 0.8, so nearly uh, only a third of the size of the established lesion group. And the RAP lesions, which was our third category, were approximately 0.2 millimeters squared. They're smallish lesions in terms of the actual CNB itself. And uh, these were half the size again in the early lesion group. So then we looked at fibrosis and atrophy, which was even more interesting. If you just look at the proportions of eyes that had fibrosis in the established lesion group, 10% to 11% did compared to under 2% in the early group. And when you looked at atrophy, the proportions exhibiting atrophy were very similar, you know, 11% versus 10%. But the size of atrophy was different. So 2.6 millimeters squared of the lesion was atrophic in the established group compared to Um, 1.4 millimeters of the lesion exhibiting atrophy in the early group in fibrosis too there was um, the area of fibrosis was threefold greater in the established lesion group compared to the early lesion group so essentially all in all you can see that by detecting lesions early you are likely to avoid a, a considerable degree of fibrosis. You're going to avoid having subfoveal lesions. That's the other issue that I forgot to mention. Um, type two lesions, the classic lesions, were uh, the majority of eyes that had classic lesions had a subfoveal lesion in the established group, whereas in the early lesion group, the majority of eyes. The, uh, the, the, these classic lesions were extrafoveal or juxtapfoveal, so it just goes to show that by detecting early when the vision is good, you can avoid foveal damage. You can and you can have uh, lesions that are less fibrotic and therefore most likely to retain good vision when treated with anti-VEGF agents.
0: One of your interesting observations was that the frequency of type one lesions was about the same in the established versus the new lesions. Can you comment on the significance of that finding?
1: What that suggests is that um, neovascular membranes tend to compartmentalize and possibly stay within those uh, tissue compartments. So, um, and the sub the subfoveal uh, location of these um, type one lesions suggests that they probably start subfoveally and just expand centrifugally, whereas the classic lesions where these are fo- more focal, more um, uh, and possibly where they they burst through and form. Um, through an RPE defect, and then they ram- ramify in the subretinal space. These tend to possibly start extra or juxtafovially and then expand to involve the fovea. So, this does suggest that there are um, the, perhaps etiological differences too between these lesion types, and that's an interesting finding.
0: How frequently were the eyes examined in terms of surveillance?
1: Right. So just to give you an idea, um, the majority of people who were enrolled in the study had anywhere between 30 and 35 visits in the three year period over which I Mm -hmm. followed up, suggesting that they were seen pretty frequently, 10, 11 times per year, um of course these numbers um were reduced by the fact that when participants developed wet AMD in the Aedna Study I, they were exited from the EDNA study. So um you would when 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 we look at the 140 people who went on to develop wet AMD in the ADNA Study eye, then the range was uh, much greater because some developed it very early in their follow-up period, whereas others developed it much later in their follow-up period. And so the range of visits was considerable. But having said that, most, if you corrected it to the duration of follow-up, most had fairly frequent visits.
0: So this was done in the quote, pre-OCTA era.
1: More or less, though we did include OCTA, as an additional um, test to be done if the site had it. Um, The difficulty obviously was that OCTAs were uh, brought into our clinics at random, into, you know, pretty randomly. And therefore it was not possible to get a systematic um, collection of OCTA data.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you think it would be interesting to do a similar study um Looking, uh, including OCTA.
1: I think it would be fascinating to do a similar study including OCTA. The difficulty will arise when you see these type one neovascular membranes that occur, and you can and you observe them in this sort of non-exudative neovascular AMD group. And what do you do with them? I mean, it it can be um, it can it can pose clinical. Um, difficulties and conundrums in managing patients when you know there's a membrane there and should you watch, should you treat, what should you do? It would be an interesting study to do. And I do think it's a study that should be done, but has to be done carefully.
0: What was the conversion rate from uh, dry to neovascular AMD?
1: It, it ranged between... The confidence limits were probably about you know, one on each side, but it was around 8% per year, which is very similar to what was observed in the past.
0: So in terms of the implications for clinical practice from this study, um, what does that suggest about how we should perform surveillance on the fellow eyes of patients with neovascularization in one eye?
1: It's a very interesting question that you pose. Um, We observed that the sensitivity and specificity of the test technologies was very variable. OCT was definitely the best. Um, Patient reported, self-reported vision, as well as the AMSLA performed very poorly, as did surprisingly clinic measured visual acuity. Therefore, patients simply don't seem able to discern changes in their better eye, the eye which invariably had the better function. And that was something that was quite concerning.
0: So structural imaging is important.
1: Home-based structural imaging, I think, should be the answer if patients are being seen at more and more prolonged intervals in In this particular study, we didn't have many patients who were put onto a treat and extend approach. Most patients turned up for clinic visits. Yes, there was sort of, you know, perhaps in the second year and the third year of follow-up, they were sort of increasing the retreatment intervals to six and eight weeks and thereabouts. Um, And clearly the structural, um, te- technology detected the onset of neovascular AMD much more convincingly than any functional test. So, it would it would be very interesting to have a study with the home uh, PHP device, PHP based device, which is which is in used in the US as one of the functional technologies. Um, as well as the home OCT device, uh, because my feeling is that the home PHP is not going to detect um, with anything like as much of a sensitivity as the home OCT.
0: So the implication of early detection is early treatment, of course. So what was your indication for treatment in these eyes? And do you have any sense really? about the clinical outcomes?
1: Yes, we have looked at some matched outcomes. Now this data is still accruing because we have an add-on study which those participants who exited EDNA were enrolled into a follow-up study and are being reviewed at one year and two years post um, treatment or post detection, post early detection. The idea is to see how well these um, uh, patients have their outcomes at years one and two after detection um, and compare it to the fellow eyes of the same participants at matched points. And we have some data on this, and it was very interesting to see that in certainly uh, the few eyes that we have. matched outcome data, we can see that fellow eyes first, I should actually clarify that by saying first presenting eyes with with established lesions at their matched outcome points for the early lesion group had fared much worse, Um, usually having 10 letters or more worse function um, after the same number of treatments and the same duration of follow-up, so that suggests that when you, if you treat early, the progression of disease can be—I um, hate to say—halted, but certainly the progression of disease and loss of function can be reduced considerably um, uh, in when you compare it to um, a lesion that you start treatment in a more advanced stage, even though the advanced lesion might show considerable degrees of improvement, they still over time begin to show deterioration of function owing to progression of structural damage.
0: Well, thank you very much for, for participating in retinal synthesis. I think this was a very exciting study because it answered a very important clinical question with very, very profound therapeutic implications. So Usha, thanks so much for being on Retinal Synthesis.
1: And thank you for inviting me, and good to chat.